going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest for the second time, Tyler Martin, Godhood Comics, creator and founder of Godhood Comics, and the hit series, now adaptable for TV, The Antagonist. Thank you for being here, brother. Always, always a pleasure, man. You know, this is my house. This is my home. I'm a visitor, of course, but um, anytime you ask me on this this thing, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Word. And, and I come to realize, of course, that you uh, have been tremendously busy and I'm excited to, as to the fact that as soon as I asked you, you was like, yeah, let me know the time. Don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I, I, I hate I, I not not to like I, I, I've become so busy where I've got like an assistant that has to like who is in charge of my scheduling and things like that. Not that I'm trying to, you know, say I'm important if I'm not. But no, no, no. Talk to spit that spit. But, no, no. But anytime you ask me, it's like. Hold the phone. This is what I need to be doing. Nothing else matters. Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of promo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it comes so, in handy. Yeah, so like the last time that we talked, and the thing is, we, we haven't talked in so long. So the last time that we talked, it was well before July hit, July of 2021. And literally, Within that news, within July 2021, was the fact that the antagonist was going to be acquired for TV and film developments by Noel Bram. Am I yeah. saying that correct? Yeah, yeah, Noel Bram. Yeah, so like, I, as soon as I see this Deadline article, I'm researching over on social media, and I'm like, yo, okay. I like, because I remember there was... It's because because you're, you're you're active on social media. You you put a couple pictures up. There was some there was some tropics behind you. I saw some waves. Uh, there was a little bit of palm, <laughs> there was some palm trees in, in there. I saw a glass of wine. There was a table, yeah. and uh, there was a nice candlelight dinner. And there was a big ass <laughs> grin on your face. And I was like, oh, see, shit's going down. See this? Yeah, <laughs> word, yeah. <laughs> word. I was like, I saw it coming. I was like, wait a minute, dog. see all that? That looks like a date, but that ain't. That's a business meeting. See, hold on. Business meeting, yeah. A business. Business. Way so, more important than a date. Word <laughs> up. So let me formally give my congratulations to you, sir, because not a lot of people can be in your shoes. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of indie developments and a lot of indie properties that are basically out there, and none of them have, have had the ability, maybe some, but none of them have had the ability to get put on so early like you were were an issue i'm going to say issue three had came out and i'm going to say maybe a month had passed mm -hmm. and then it was like developed mm -hmm. yep not a lot of people can say that yep so um and, as far yeah, as what uh, as far as the terms of the deal what exactly can you talk about well first let me say um there's not a day that goes by that we take that for granted that I take that for granted, um, being able to be picked up and adapted so early on. And I think that just speaks to us, um, as speaks about us as a company and um, as a writer and as a creative, um, the quality that we have put into our work, right? Um, not only in the artwork, but in the writing and the storytelling and the outlining and the promotion um, and what we stand for about um, telling stories at the center of black and brown characters, 100%. That's what you're going to get from Godhead Comics. Um, when we were approached to adapt, and you know everybody wants their works adapted, um, it's the big thing nowadays. Now you can talk to to, to any comic book creator. Um, we don't write and create comics so they can be adapted. You know that 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 would mean we we are it's frugal. You know you would be writing for forever. Uh, we do it because we love it. And we want to tell this story. And if it's adapted, uh, it, it gives it gives you the, the 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 grace to tell your story outside of the the genre in which you're in, right? Because there's people. I think the antagonist is a story that everybody needs to um, to hear, um, and even if they don't necessarily read comic books, that's okay. And so, what adaptation does is give us the opportunity to just to further outreach. Um, you know, like you said, we, 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 we did the deal. Um, it's a, a shopping, a shopping agreement and um, television adaption deal, which is huge, um, super huge for our company, super huge for me as a writer. 
Um, and so uh, where we are now, uh, it, it's just like, it's been so fast. The, the, the beauty of it that, uh, of this thing is it hasn't stopped. You know, it's not one of these things where it's, it's slowed down since our announcement. That announcement elevated things even more. Um, we are just about to um, release casting information. Uh, we've got, you know, we, we know who's going to be playing who. Super excited about that. Um, and now uh, we are getting ready to, um, to finalize our series writer. Super excited about that. I've had tons of meetings with, with, with writers in Hollywood, both big and small. Um, and so it was not about what your name is, it's about whether you could tell the story of the Elves the way I think it should be told during an adaption. And that's the beauty of what we've been doing. It's just making sure that the puzzles fit together, right? No matter who you are, what you've done, are you right for this story? Because, uh, you know, you, you know, the story of the antagonist, um, yeah. you know, it, it's very intricate. It's very complex. Um, you've got to make sure that all pieces are in, in, in the right place. And so that's been the most fun for me as a creator. Dope, man. And and even in the fact that you got picked up, of course, by Noah Graham, who was who has been working in Hollywood now for like close to over a decade. And mm -hmm. even even in that fact, like you got picked up by another black man who's working in Hollywood currently putting Emmy a lot nominated, on, you know, Emmy nominated, Emmy, Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated uh, creator who is basically put is has put you on and you guys come from the same city. Right. So that was like the cherry on top because it was like more so was like I'm thinking, OK, if anybody's going to get me, it's somebody that's basically through my neighborhood. I'm not necessarily telling a story about Atlanta, but the thing is, he understands a, a lot of people from Atlanta, of course, have this drive amongst them. You know, they, they, you know, regardless if they're in show business or if they're in writing, if they're just owning businesses or everything like that, everybody, for the most part that I've met from Atlanta has been a go getter. So Absolutely. nobody understands somebody from Atlanta except for another person from Atlanta, you know. Absolutely, man. And I think uh, what I did anticipate and what I what I anticipate now moving forward in business and doing business deals um, and, and, and doing partnerships is um, getting friends. Right. Finding a friendship that's so far and few in between, especially in Hollywood, um, making sure that the person that you're working with, the people, should I say, that you're working with, understand your vision, understand you. Um, I always say it's essential. Our creations are our children. Right. And, you know, what mother would drop her child off with any daycare without, you know, a long standing vetting and things of that nature. And so um, just not even us being from the the, the, the same place that that was amazing and that was all you know that was that was a plus um, but being able to meet up and find a friend right uh, to where the antagonist is just one of many adaptions uh, that we're working on and that we've begun working on um, so uh, that was the most important thing finding a friendship in this and, and, and uh, Noel and Courtney um, our producers at Bram Entertainment are absolutely amazing and are, are lifelong friends for us um, to the point where we get to a place where uh, it's going to be time to bring other independent creators on and, and, and just make sure that we are producing and adapting um, comic book, ind independent comic book into film and television. That's what's happening. Now, when we get into the story of the Evels, how is it how is it juggling the personalities? You're talking about a family of five mother, father, three kids, you're juggling a lot of personalities here. And the fact that even Calvin and Tanya have pretty much have shifted from being these arch villains towards the government, settling amongst themselves, growing this family. So you're juggling the personalities to where they're drawn back a little bit because they're in this family set. But yet when it's time for that action, they turn it on at a click of a button. And then also in that sector, they're they're also mother and father to three beautiful kids who just happen to have powers of their own, but can get a little bit out of hand. You know what I'm saying? So they got to put their foot down from time to time. And then you see all these flashbacks of how they used to be and how they how they essentially got together and how that has clashed on from page to page that I've written so far because I'm waiting for four through six. I haven't, you know, haven't haven't gotten a chance to to get there yet. But the thing is. One through three allowed me to get to know exactly who I'm reading and how the story is going to get pushed forward. Not necessarily an origin story, but it's allowed me to tap into their personalities as to who they are as people. Absolutely, man. And let me just say, uh, 
fourth through six is mind-boggling. I, I can't believe I, I pulled this off. I can't believe we're getting away with this. It's just amazing and a, an amazing expansion of the antagonist mythos. But I think it was pretty easy because uh, at first I was just terrified. I didn't know how to write for this family. I didn't know because um, they all have different desires, different wants. And I think uh, what I had to do first is to figure out uh, uh, what each of these characters want. What do they want? Mm -hmm. What do they need? What do they desire? And what will they never get? Out of those three things, what are they never going to get? And so in, in, in outlining and with Felipe and figuring out kind of these just it's almost as they're in the same room with me, brother. Like they're, they're, they're cousins and uncles. And, you know, I, I know these characters traits. Um, so we've outlined all the way up um, until 100 uh, issue 150. And that's the, that's when the main line uh, ends, antagonist 150. Um, so knowing that uh, and being able to push that, uh, to, to look that far ahead, then we can look back at issue four and say, okay, who would do what in here? Who would say what? It's been so fun, man, especially writing for the kids, but also um, the humanity of, of Tanya and Calvin and, and uh, where they've been, uh, what they've become. Um, and man, it, it, it's so complex facts that I just, I, I'm excited to just keep writing. Dope. Now, now, has there been any type of inspiration, whether it's been comic book or maybe somebody, maybe another fictional character portrayed either in TV or movies that is kind of like basically drawing you on this path to to write Tanya and Calvin in a certain way? Uh, definitely in, uh, highly influenced by, I say all the time, we're highly influenced by uh, Invincible and um, the boys in, uh, in, in a way that the realism I wanted to I wanted to tell a story that was real. I wanted no no I want I didn't want to hold back on the way we told the story. I wanted it to be natural. I wanted to be realistic. I wanted it to be more importantly, what we've heard so many times for our reviews and and DMs and emails is it's submersive. It's submersive. Um, so many so many women of color, um, Hispanic and Latino and Black women, have said that they are Tanya in that office in issue one that they have been Tanya in that office in issue one so many times. And I pulled that scene um, out of experience my mom had being a black woman working in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, it, it hit home for me, but I didn't know the impact of that scene of a black woman giving, dedicating her entire life to a company or, or a project and being overlooked by the, the young white guy. You know, I, 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 obviously it's, it's uh, fiction and, and we pull, you know, things from things, but I didn't know how real that scenario was. And that's something that was like, okay, we have something here. Uh, the same thing with Calvin and uh, as being a principal at the high school and how, 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 how we're going to delve into that um, and how he's impacted that, that whole community. And so now he has a weight on his shoulders between being a dad to his family, being a principal in a, in a, in a community that needs somebody like this and, his 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 ascertain and being able to ascertain his needs as a supervillain, man, it it's incredible. It's incredible, right? Because uh, the the way that I'm looking at it, the way that the storyline is being constructed, you you ask yourself this this one juxtaposed question as to what is a villain, and when you read those first three first three issues, you don't see them as villains. You don't see them as villains at all. You know that they were, but it's almost like you have to ask yourself what makes a villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Facts. And so I, it's interesting that you brought that point up because my job as a writer also is to make sure that at some point along, you do see them as villains and you do fear them. And do you do look at them and like, well, well, hold on now, you know, can, can you, can we do this? Um, and so it's just like, as soon as you get comfortable into thinking that these guys are anti-heroes with this, then we're going to pull that cover uh, from, right up under you, right from under you and say, okay, yeah, they are. Um, I, I, I think uh, the word I always use is self-preservation and what that means and how, how, how that would take us to the ends of the earth and, and how that would cause us to do different things that we would never imagine doing. Um, Tanya and Calvin are, the, are two people who view the world a certain way and they just so happen to accidentally have kids and be pushed into this life of domestication. Mm -hmm. After knowing the truth of how the world works, 
after knowing the corruption, after seeing it firsthand, we addressed that from, you know, issue two, yeah. um, the attack on the Capitol. Um, you know, that that's, uh, it, they have to, uh, they have to act and play as if, because if we really thought about it and we really, uh, if Tanya and, and Calvin didn't domesticate themselves, you know, they had good reason to absolutely obliterate the, 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 the global power network mm-hmm. from what they saw. I mean, why wouldn't we? You know, it's not right. Um, so they really had to take back and, and kind of belittle themselves. And, and that's something that we, we are working on to make sure that they attack full force. Well, when you look at it from that type of perspective, you, you're seeing Calvin, who basically has, as the, as the saying always goes, you've lived long enough to see yourself become the villain. Absolutely. He used to be the good guy. He used to work with the American. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the thing is, he had to see both sides of the spectrum in order to be the man that he is. And that's something that is deconstructed a lot in this story. It's something that you don't necessarily see until the end of issue two, but you're coming to realize, okay, it's not that he's just doing it because he hates the American. It's that amidst him working alongside of him, he's seen that not only has the American government been doing, doing dirt for this long, and it's not like I'm going to become the hero in this because ultimately, as a black man, I'm probably going to be plagued by anything that I do anyway. So regardless, I've, I see myself doing right by, by justifying myself, by fighting him and standing up to him as much as possible. And even the crew that he's with, because more so the, the team that he's with are probably just as corrupted as I was when I used to work with him. Absolutely. You know, uh, and this issue seven, issue seven is probably my favorite, favorite um, issue in this first season. Favorite issue because we get to see the American and kid justice and why they fell out. Mm. Very tragic story. I'm waiting on that. Why they fell out. Um, And the American in all his authenticism misses the mark. And that's what makes him very, very dangerous. Um, His heart is in the right place. This is a good guy. This is a a, a hero. This is a good guy, right? He's going to save you. He's going to save a cat of tree, that whole trope. Um, But his inability to see America's underbelly, um, the things that America, um, that we have missed as a society, as a culture, mm-hmm. that's what makes him a deadly opposition. Uh, but unlike him, the rest of his colleagues, the Americans, they don't care, right? They don't care. They mm-hmm. want to be seen as the heroes. They want to be seen as right. So many Republicans and conservatives, um, uh, they just want to be seen both sides. Now we're in a day. We're in a day now where we want to be seen as the right party. That's all it's about. It's not about logic. It's not about what's best for the people. It's not about what's best for whoever. It's about who's right. And I'm going to work overtime to prove to you that I'm right. That is also very dangerous to underprivileged and minority communities. How big in the story is is it mastered to the way that the American is seen as a puppet towards the American government? And how blind is he to as to what's going on? That's a good question. Um, it it took him uh, it took his, his death um, for him to realize some things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we addressed is um, the Americans, um, and we find this out in issue seven and eight, um, are, are 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 not owned and operated by the American government, right? When the American created the Americans, he said that they had to be free of government, just like everybody else in America, Mm -hmm. right? They could not be controlled by any one one government, right? Um, So it's a misconception. The Americans don't work for the government. They're just patriotic beings with superpower who believe in the, the, the American contract to a fault, meaning freedom, of uh, free, uh, freedom of, of, of uh, uh, speech and, and just be able to move how they want to move. Um, but we see after his death, uh, Liberty Lady becomes so angry, so mm. bitter, and so bent on revenge that she does the one thing that the American would have never done, and that's turn over the Americans to the American government. Mm. Right? And so now we have all this biased we have all this bias. We have all this hate and anger for 
for Ultimate Destructives. And now you have the Americans operating as a type, as a kind of uh, police force that the, that the American would have never done. And so when he, oh God, that you always give me. Don't, always, don't tell me too much. Yeah, you always get me talking. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, uh, yeah, we, we'll, you know, we, everyone soon realizes um, who was who was pulling the strings. Um, right if there is somebody pulling the strings and, um, you know, you, one can't help but wonder how, what that means for the American and, and Calvin's um, friendship. Right. Um, and, and how they move forward in their relationship, uh, it, it, considering if he's not dead or not, um, cl- clearly he's dead. So I don't know how that works, but, um, mm-hmm. how, you know, how, how they kind of carry on. And I, I'm very interested in seeing that myself. We, we've already started some, yeah, man. <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Calvin's yeah. the guy. Calvin's my guy. So, yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's just say this. Um, aside from the antagonist, these are not only the other properties under your umbrella. Now, dude, tell me if I'm missing any, because I know I know that there's a couple that I wanted to talk about as well. But um, Mega Woman, Sharpshooter, how with with the the focal point being the antagonist right now. How much time are you setting aside for yourself to even write for you, your other banner projects within Mega Woman and Sharpshooter? And even the fact that you're even working on a manga. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's probably why I, I was late for this, this interview. I was, you know, completely <laughs> tired. Um, Sharpshooter, and you'll see, you'll start to see this switch, this shift on our social media, right? It's okay. been, it's been antagonist, 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 but you know, we're starting to let you understand, guys, we are a publisher company. We've got t- other titles and we've got other titles coming. And so the one thing that everybody, you know, Mega Woman was our firstborn. We call her our firstborn. It was our first yeah. comic book, our first introduction into the, the, uh, the community. Keisha. Um, and, yeah, Keisha Carter. And we all, we're, we're always getting, where's Keisha? Where's Keisha? I'm like, guys, I, you know, we're, we're a small publisher house, but when we get to that point, I'm telling you, I'm bumping them out. And guess what? We're at that point. And so now... You know, we've got uh, by by oh yeah by Friday we had would have we would have had uh, seven books in production all at once completely um, uh, a huge step and leap from where we where we were. Where Mega Woman number one took two years for me to get done, so that's huge monumental for any small publisher. Um, so right now, Mega Woman three is in production, Sharpshooter two is in production. So excited to revisit the Sharpshooter world and his mythos because. Man, do I have some stuff planned? Oh man, Galactic Patrol Delta Hour, our, our sci-fi opera. Uh, we had some. We had to restructure the entire story. We had to get a new team on that. Um, and then, uh, can we keep them? Our first black manga. Super excited! It's an amazing story. All of these books are in production. They all have the same quality of art, promotion, marketing, um, uh, and press that uh, the antagonist had. So. Now, aside from can we keep them? And I may have asked you this before in the past. Do does does Mega Woman Sharpshooter, does the antagonist, do they all exist under the same universe? They do. Absolutely they do. Mm. See, Absolutely. see, I didn't know that. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, now yeah. now what are the risks and rewards that you say that you've um, that you've had going for you so far? Uh adapting uh a lot of your indie comic properties you know i've seen uh you know like I, like i talked about before with with you being on social media you you know being a small publisher has allowed you to create and and aside from that creation the work going into it you know seeing you basically like pack up every single issue one through three that got sent out the door and you know doing the kickstarter and everything like that the, the, the focal point of your day in order to get these issues out time and time again, you know, is, is it is it endearing to you just being this being an indie publisher and creating the way that you do, you know, it, in a sense that not a lot of people are, you know, most people just want to create a comic book and that's respectable as well. You're getting your ideas out there on the page. But when you're becoming your own full blown company. How's that reward when you get that done at the end? Going to sleep, I, I say all the time when people ask me this question, um, I'd rather have a headache creating comics than have a headache 
carrying a water tray to a table or just in any other odd job. And I've done that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I go to sleep at night knowing that rain or fall or rain or shine, I've done everything that I love doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, if I died right now, there's a level of completion that I have reached at 30 years old that people have not reached in at 60 or 70 in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So incredibly lucky to be able to do this. It is a full-time job. We tell all of our students um, in our master class, it is a full-time job. It is very hard work. It is tedious. It is stressful. It is, you are, a, you're a producer, a project manager, you're a writer, you're a creator. You, I mean, you're, you're so many, you wear so many hats and so many shoes to fill um, every day, every day, especially when you get to a level where we have grown a lot fast. Um, and so it's a constant thing that needs to be done. But man, I would not have it any other way, brother. I would not have it any other way. My reward is going to sleep knowing that I am working in my uh, purpose and I'm making a profit from my purpose. And at the end of the day, man, I'm a believer. And I think that's what God's intent for all of our lives is. Figure out what you can do, what you love to do, and figure out how to make it put food on the table. Amen. Now let's talk about this, uh, your masterclass, because not before you were doing uh, most of the comics that you were doing, you were an educator. Right. You know, so like you, you've had the opportunity to teach the methods that you've used yourself in order to create the comics that you've been able to create and therefore emboldening the next generation to basically see it firsthand for themselves, for those aspiring comic book writers, aspiring comic book artists that want to get into this game. You know, why, why choose to teach at the same motion that you're actually the creator? Because I remember um, when I first started and how stressful it was. Um, in fact, this is why you don't see a lot of, uh, as, as, as small as a community, as big as a community in the independent comics is, it's relatively small, right? It, it's almost like uh, I, I compare it to uh, Squid Games, um, that opening, that opening, uh, that first game with the, uh, the red light, green light, right? Mm-hmm. Where people, all these people start off Tons of people aspire to writing a comic book. They start off, but one by one, they fall for certain reasons. They right. fall off. And then when you get to that finish line, then the last people are standing is Godhead Comics, Stranger Comics, Concrete Comics, Inbound Comics, Black Sand Entertainment, right? It's the, you've got these four people and you wonder why it's, 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 it's still fewer and fewer and fewer. Um, it's because it's hard work and it's tedious. And so I wish I had had a me. We, you know, I talk to Alonzo Starr all the time and how, how much we wish we had had an us when we were starting off. Yeah. So many, so many of our students who have taken our master classes, who have signed up, um, who join our work sessions, free work sessions, who continue to text me, email me daily, um, understood why they needed to come to that class, right? Because it's the knowledge that's going to allow you to hit or miss. And if you hit, amazing. But if you miss, it's tough, it's hard, it's lonely. And so we always talk about the independent comics community. And that's the word, the last word is the most important, the community. Mm-hmm. Being there for each other, supporting each other, catching each other when we fall, like into that Squid Games episode when the main character would have been eliminated were it not for the other individual. It's a community. We win together. It's true, because if we were to talk about, I'm going to say uh, around the time that the pandemic had started, a lot of uh, people within the indie comic community, mostly the black indie comic community, all started to formulate plans to be together. We we constantly talk. I'm not even you know, I write, but I even gotten to the point where I just wanted to have the opportunity to kickstart a lot of you guys in talking about your stories you got amazing thank you thank you you know, you know what i'm saying and and the fact that i got the chance to introduce myself to you and for us to actually familiarize ourselves with each other during like a three-year period all of us were talking you know regardless of the projects that we were putting out non-stop too non-stop, non-stop. yeah all of, our, all of our dms and our networks probably look the exact same it's all of us exactly. talking 
and you were supporting each other's Kickstarters as soon as they came out. Hey, when you dropping? Da, 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 da. And then yes. regardless of your goal, it was like it, it was almost a period of time within 2018, 19 and 20, where you just saw a lot of creators backing other creators because we all just wanted each other, each other to succeed, which was amazing. And to the point where you see this whole thing here this is all black indie comics. <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter right there, bro. And you you right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, got the Kickstarter exclusive. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so my thing is, you know, like the, the, the fact that I've got me just being a, someone who happens to love comic books, fell in love with the camaraderie between the creators that I saw day in and day out doing something that I never would have saw me being a kid in like the late nineties or anything like that. It was a bunch of people that were going after a goal that all had the same type of love interest in comics that I had, and that shit was phenomenal. Feels amazing. It was, and, and the thing is, it still is. It's like, because those, because of those relationships being made, like, I, I, I know you guys, if you ever see each other at, at cons or anything like that, selling your books, it's like a reunion. It's a comfort, it's a reunion and it's a comfort. And it also, to, you know, it lights a fire right behind you. It yeah. makes sure you're like, you know what? I now it now it's bigger than you, right? Now it's like I have got to make sure I am pumping out the content, doing what I need to do, not only for my fans, but for my fellow creators, because we all need to have somebody to lean on. And if I fall short, they're gonna fall back. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's it, it's the comfort of that. Absolutely, man. When I went to when we went to Atlanta Comic Con during the pandemic, right? Right outside of it. No one was like, people were scared. And I saw Alonzo and I saw Chasing Primrose of Children, all Children of uh, Andromeda and all these other guys who we talk to each other all day, but haven't seen each other in person. And it's a comfort and it, it, it makes, it turns on your hustle even more. The same. And I, I actually got a chance to meet uh, Lonzo in Philly. Oh, nice. I, I saw him up this way. I actually surprised him. I ain't telling him I was coming, but I met him. <laughs> I met him face to face out there. And it was like, it was like, it, once again, it was like a reunion. Now right. for, for somebody that has taken a lot of interest, interest into your own company, creating these multiple properties, why the terms of investment now? Why, why do you feel the need for people to invest in your company now? Uh, well, first of all, we have done, as of next week, I would have done 150,000 in venture capital. Mm. Right? And that wasn't for us, right? I could have kept taking my ideas. I could have kept getting funded on Kickstarter. I could have kept pumping out my own stories and kind of kept doing that. Godhood Comics would have remained an in-house publisher. Um, but one of the things that we've seen since our inception, it's what I prize Lonzo on doing and how he takes, it's one thing to, 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 to execute your own IP. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you miss it, okay, cool. Let me see what else I can do. It's another thing to take another creator's IP and and execute it. That's mm -hmm. to me that was one of the scariest things that I was afraid of doing. And and seeing how Lonzo did, did uh, seeing how Lonzo does it, and seeing how um, how many creators look up to Godhead Comics and are half of our DMs, half of our email list, half of our um, our, our uh, emails are asking about submissions. Mm. How do they submit, right? And so we're having this master class. I'm teaching these guys how to create their stories and I'm taking them all the way through publishing to print, but I'm not letting them get the chance to uh, ascertain the, 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 the platform that I have created, that I have, I'm connected to. And so, um, submission is kind of the big, our big thing this year that's coming this summer. Um, and so it was necessary to make sure we had the funding to, 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 to take these guys' property. I mean, I'm talking about from script to print to publish and to execution. Um, uh, we needed the funding for that. Um, so that's why it was huge. Um, and with that funding, our valuation has risen and um, it's just a lot, man. But uh, that money is for all the creators. Here. We're looking for five black or brown creators and that money is for them and their projects. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, man. now when, when, when you look at it um, in those terms, 
that you that you're talking about. It's it's more of a partnership because we gotta you gotta understand. Of course, you you you're an independent creator yourself, and you're looking for other independent creators themselves. Right. So more so, it's not like hey, you're you're gonna submit to me. You're looking at me as a publishing company. So it's like okay, I can do this for you. But the thing is, I'm gonna put in my fifty percent. You have to put in yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's a good way to look at it, but it really, it's, it's also just the, the it's sometimes just the opposite where we're going to work for that creator. And mm. as we should, because then again, a, 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 a person that's opening up a daycare, you don't go away. Well, it's a partnership. They say, listen, give me your son. Mm-hmm. I will take care of, give me your money to take care of your son. I will take care of him. I will feed him. I will make sure he gets an education. I need you to trust me. And so that's what it is as an independent publisher. Uh, these people, um, I get I get DMs from people who have been at this for 15 years, right? They've been creating stories for 15 years, no books at all. They've had it up here for 15 years. That's the kind of passion that we want. That's the kind of IPs that Godhood Comics wants. And it's almost a plea to say, hey, give me your son. I will feed him. He will grow here. And guess what? At the end of the day, you take him home. He's yours. He's still yours. Just let me be in his life. That's what God of Comics is doing. That's what's happening. Now, now, in the in the course of uh, a lot of mainstream mainstream comics, between maybe the big two, or even if you want to call them the big six, would you necessarily say that it is drawn like a bad taste in like everybody's mouth lately, as to how they've been adapting comics, or do you see it because they're being adapted so rapidly? that it's a good step for them? I think uh, us fanboys, us people who know these stories and love these characters, like it's a bad taste. Um, one of my red flags when, um, you know, Noel and Courtney and Braham Entertainment, they, were, they wasn't the only producer that reached out to us to adapting the Intactus. And mm. one of my biggest fears is, my, um, I call it now the CW effect, right? Where it's, quali- uh, uh, where it's quantity over quality and not the opposite. Right. You know what I mean? So they're pumping out all these, these superhero stories, but the quality and the content is non-existent. It's non-existent. And it's really a slap in the face of the fans, right? I stopped watching all CW shows after uh, Flash season four um, and after uh, DC, DC uh, Legends of, uh, Jesus, what's that? Legend, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, that's how long it's been after like season four as well. Um, just because they were at this point saying, here, have anything. We don't care about the story. We don't care about the graphics. We don't tell about the character development. We don't care about the growth of the characters. We want you to have this. And so I was very scared of adapting. And that's why I flew all the way to LA. Noel said, come here, fly here. We're going to talk about it. You know, I'm a fan first, bro. It's important that while they are adapting this, that it's not some bald head producer who's counting his money. It has to be a fan of the property. And I needed to ensure that they were fans of the property and knew the story I wanted to tell. So I think Marvel does an amazing job at, at, at the quality of this thing, you know, give or take, you can say what you want, but anytime you have planned phases and things of that nature, and you've got uh, plans for the next decade, you're going to yield a greater result. Um, and so I think that's why, uh, you know, Stranger Comics and Seb have done a deal with uh, Princess Penny, right? That's why yeah. Harry Tubman is getting adapted. Um, uh, that's why his Niobe is being, is going, it's close to being on HBO Max because of the community. They're getting tired of the low quality content. When yeah. you're going to tell me that there are stories with 95% less budget than DC and Marvel will have for their properties, and those contents are better than mainstream, than the big six, than the big two, there's something there. And what Apprentice is doing, what Seb is doing, what God is trying to do, what Noel is trying to do is shine a light on the hundreds of Ratlin Brown independent stories mm-hmm. that have yet to see the light of day and will not necessarily see the light of day if someone doesn't say, we need to look here. Yeah. I, I I can totally agree. Now, what what are your what are your feelings on um, TV series, t- TV adaptations that dive away from the source material and start creating stories of their own, totally separating itself 
from the comic that was built for the fans? I think it's a double-edged sword. I think, I think there are, uh, and, and we talk about this all the time with, with, with my producers, um, there are things that I didn't think of that they will that mm-hmm. is going to be detrimental to the story that needs to happen. And in those cases, it's okay to add certain things. It's okay to take away certain things um, because as creators, we, we, come, we miss it, right? And it's not like you can go, necessarily go back and erase the pages, right? It's there. Um, and so it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's why you have to make sure. It's why for me and, and for me and for uh, for uh, uh, David Cronson, um, you know, we've got, we're only six issues in to our, to our story. It's why we're trying to pump out so much content to make sure we have that trail of breads to follow. Otherwise, you get uh, like you, you, Naomi. Naomi had six issues. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, I saw the show and, 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 you know, no, 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 never want to hate on black and brown content, but the quality of that first episode is horrible. It's horrible. And it just goes to show uh, why you've seen the trouble with CW, why, you know, these things are kind of happening in local and recent news. Yeah. Um, you've got to make sure that although you may stray a little away from the story, that the core is still there. Yeah. That's why our initial conversation before our deal was the core of the antagonist story surrounding the Evel family. I can tell you myself that when the Naomi uh, series was announced, a, Same. a fear hit my body because I wanted to succeed, but I'm like, I hope that this is done correctly. And even in that same breath, you know, when we're talking about uh, Sebastian A. Jones, Prentice Penny, yourself, Noel Bram, uh, uh, was a Crownson from uh, Harriet Tubman Dean. Harriet Tubman Dean, yep. Yep. So, so like in those type of properties with a lot of POC, a lot of black characters that are basically going to be adapted on the screen for the very first time, we have mainstay characters that are currently in circulation right now that have been getting a lot of bad press. Cyborg, Black Panther, and T'Challa. Like, it's almost like a conspiracy. These are two resonating figures within Black psyche because of young Black and Brown kids that have loved comic books and to see that their characters are being portrayed in a certain way to the point where they may not even be adapted anymore after a one hit, it's a blow. So it's, it's, it's a blow. And the thing is, these are, these are mainstream characters. So there's so many stories that are out there that are particularly for these characters in general, Teen Titans for Cyborg, Justice League for Cyborg, uh, Avengers for Black Panther, Black Panther solo stories, Black Panther and the the, um, the intergalactic uh, empire of Wakanda. So many storylines that are put out there and it just seems like it, like the curtains just went down after that, after those one episodes. That's, that's why it's so important that these mainstream black and brown characters are owned by black and brown creators, mm. right? We love Black Panther, but Black Panther was created by Stan Lee, yeah. right? And and not saying that's a bad thing. He did amazing. He, he was unprecedented. There will never be Stan Lee slander. Um, but when it comes to adapting these properties, it's why you have to have somebody in that room that looks like me and you saying, hey, this is what needs to happen. And not just anybody, somebody who has the power to mm-hmm. execute or deny bullshit. Excuse my language. Um, you know, I look at the, I, the Naomi series and, and, and I say, well, who was, why didn't someone say, wait, 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 wait now, let's go this route. Right. right. Why can we have a show like Snowfall? If I had to describe the show I'm going for with the antagonist, it's Snowfall, Project Power, mm-hmm. with uh, Snowfall with superpowers. Yeah. That's what it is. Snowfall, so many people try to adapt. A, they, try, they, make, they want to make a superhero show that they're forgetting about the show part. Yeah. Make a show first, then you add the effects. Then you add the superhero title, and that's what the antagonist is. The antagonist is not a supervillain superhero show. It's a story about the Evil family. Yeah. They just so happen to have powers. And I think that's the problem that we're, they're running to a lot now. 
Yeah, because I think a lot of people just in TV in general and sitcom writing, they don't necessarily understand how important the pilot is. Your first episode. That first episode don't hit. That's your ass. Yep. So I man, that has been. Yes. Yeah. Can't say say much, but that yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it, it almost seems like a conspiracy. Like, you know, like. And I'll tell you now, facts, I've read so many episode one antagonist scripts. Mm. Read about 10. And we don't have one yet. Okay. See, yeah. I, I like where your head's at. So you, you've, been, you've been actually like searching for them, reading them piece by piece, multiple screenplays, and none has hit you, it hit you in the gut yet. None has touched your heart. Yeah, and they're and the, the writers are amazing. They're right. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. I keep saying that. Um, the scripts are amazingly well done, but it's not the wow factor. I'm going to tell you, I want a fucking Emmy, and I want it the first season. Man, so so how how many genres are you looking to create? How many genres do you think that you can you could basically bolster out of your company? Are you looking to just touch everything? Yeah, everything. I want to touch everything, and I want to make it black. Dope. I want sci-fi, I want Western, I want timepieces, I want love, I want drama, and I want it to be black. Um, I posted on today, I posted on Twitter, I said, send me your, send me your, uh, you know, I'm only reading Indie Comics 2022. That's all I'm reading. I'm not reading any big two. Uh, I might touch some image, that's between me and you. Um, I'm not reading any big two comics this year, Twenty from from, uh, from January to January. It's not going to happen. January, December, it's not going to happen. And so, uh, I asked on Twitter today, I said, hey guys, you know, I'm reading some comics today during my downtime, send me some of your stuff. And the amount of brothers, brothers that sent me their stories, mm-hmm. owned, operated, and created by them with white main characters was heartbreaking. Now, do I think it's intentional? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I from 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 kindergarten to ninth grade, every character that I drew for my comics was was white. Okay. It just wasn't a thing. It's not something that we see. It's not something that we grow up seeing. It's not okay. Right. And so I looked at him and I said, and I emailed him back. I said, man, I'm telling you right now, if one guy sent me an amazing story, bro. Amazing. And you know we're in the the uh, the, the emphasis of, 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 of you know getting other people's work IPs, and if it had been a black lead, if that character that I fucking loved would have been a black lead, I would have signed him right there, and I would have held off anything until you know we do this summer. But I would have signed him right there. He would have got a check. I, I wanted that. It was it was a man. It was a, a horror a horror comedy story, um, and. Uh, you know, kind of, it was John Keanu's John Constantine uh, meets uh, uh, meets like boom. It was just amazing. It was mm. amazing, but it was all it was all it was all white. It was all white, and I was very hurt. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm rambling on. But yeah, it, oh. it's it's important that what we're doing is I want I want my finger in everything, bro, and I want to make it black and brown. And I just want my job at God Thomas is to normalize that. Right. Right. I want to end the search of diversity because it has been so ingrained mm-hmm. in our society that you don't have to say we want diversity because we have it. I always say the reason for a charity is to end that charity. It's to no longer need the charity. The reason why we donate for cancer research is to no longer need to have cancer research. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's what we're doing. I'm working on uh, getting to a place we no ha- longer have to say diverse. It no, it doesn't have to start with black this, black that. It's a good story, right? Now, how does uh, how does the rest of twenty twenty two? How how is it looking for you this year? Absolutely amazing, man. I am launching some projects, so many projects. One of the other things we're launching is we want to. Um, one of the things we want to do is partner with Image, um, and so I'm working on something, uh, an amazing pitch with Image. Mm. Uh, that's also going to uh, upscale our brand. Um, and it's, it's amazing, man. Um, we are in contact with Diamond Distributors. Uh, I announced that on my Facebook. Yeah. Um, 
making sure one of the things in 2022 is I want to make sure the antagonist is globally shipped off. I want to make sure every comic book shop, um, especially our black and brown ones, have uh, copies of the antagonist. Um, so that's what 2022 looks like for me. Working on the TV show, making sure antagonist is by the end of it, make sure antagonist, at least the antagonist, is in every um, issue one through six is in every every um, comic book shop. Um, making sure we have those five IPs um, this summer. So it's a lot I'm working on. Brother, I I'm amazed, but I am not surprised by the, <laughs> by the shit that you're able to pull off. And I know for a fact that from just our conversations going back and forth and how I've been able to read your storylines and how the antagonist has gotten together and, you know, diving in the mega woman and sharpshooter and just knowing you as a person, you will succeed. I already, I already see that. That's, that's, that's a given. That's a given. So, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you doing this with me. This has been awesome. I think you told me more than what you were supposed to, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. I did. You know what? I, I always do though. You always get things out of me. Look, man, I, I like I said, I just do a job. <laughs> a damn cool. Job. But but it's good to see you. And I wish yeah, I you call I, my producer and be like, hey guys, look, this is gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, but I I I wish you the best this year. I I know we'll be in constant contact about what exactly is happening and everything like that. I know I'll ask questions and everything as well, just to, just to get my point across. But I ultimately see great things for your company. I ultimately see great things for your storylines, especially the antagonist, because that has been your baby for so long. And I big it up as much as possible as I can. And I hope to see more of it in the future. So thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that facts. I appreciate that, man. We are, it, it, we need people like you, brothers like yourself to give us the platform um, to have me come on here and be able to speak about our characters, what we're trying to do for our community and beyond. We need these platforms. And so I will always be indebted to you. I will always be here when you call me. No doubt, man. And I appreciate that. So for my man, Tyler Martin from Godhood Comics, this is James Grandmaster Facts Boyce. And we are out.